welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about books that we just finished reading and books that we're about to start reading too. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And on this week's edition of Forever Canon, we are going to start by talking about book three, Legacy of the Force, Tempest. And what a shit storm it was, wasn't it, Tim? <laughs> absolutely <laughs> this book is a third book in a row where everything has gone to hell <laughs> what do you know what a shocking surprise to finish off the first circuit story everything goes mental a few things almost happened almost <laughs> a lot of things really happened yeah <laughs> hard and speaking of that story let's jump right in and we'll recap it as quickly as we can so, going back to review my notes, Tempest starts one week after Bloodlines. Oh. That's it. Which started two weeks, 16 days, in fact, after the first book. Wow. So, before we get into the story, <laughs> we're already going to sidetrack because... What kind of time frame are we talking about for these three books? The amount of galaxy shifting events that have happened. Is this all taking place in like like a, a month, month and, and a half? half? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote down. I'm like, I think maybe it's been like a month and a half. Wow. Since Jason went to investigate that missile factory yeah. in the beginning of Betrayal. Book yeah. one. It's been about six weeks, maybe. So I don't know. I haven't really been paying too much attention to the passage <laughs> of time in the books, right? Yeah. But if you try to measure it like in hyperspace jumps. Okay. There's only like a few every book. <laughs> yeah. Really? Where it's like, that's your time jump? Yeah, they don't really say... They never tell you that there's time passing, really, except for at the beginning and <laughs> yeah 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 it's like yeah a week after this All so right. like i think it's totally reasonable to imagine like this is all happening so far uh, ha this is half of your summer vacation if you're a kid in school yeah the world has gone metal in six weeks like yeah. ballistic so six weeks the galaxy is upside down and sideways <laughs> it it just blows my mind so, here we go. To the story. Oh, back on track. Okay? Stick with us. Get there. Alemarar returns to serve the balance, which coincidentally means secretly joining Lumaya to destroy all solos. That's her part in the story. She comes back out of the shadows. But to kill Leia last because she wants Leia to suffer. <laughs> Gotta make sure she witnesses all the horrendous things that her son is about to do in this book. Dergedjin sends Han and Leia to convince the Hapen Queen Mother and close solo friend Tenel Ka to join the Karelian side of the war to tip the balance. But secretly, it was a massive coup attempt for which Han and Leia have been framed. Yeah. Idiots. They're unwittingly uh, part two. Well, they just go, here we go, back-to-back -back books. They're just like, Dirk Gedgen, what do you want us to do, Sir Gedgen? Like, yeah. I mean, I guess he's president, maybe. 
Well, he's only give president. Him a, give him a little of... respect. Like, sir, is fine, I guess. That's not that's not crazy over the top. But yeah, just they. I don't know why. I I, I don't know. Uh, We've talked about it enough. Yeah, yeah, we did. We had a moving on, moving on. Whole big thing. We're just covering the basic plot here, real quick. Okay, that's it. Moving on, moving on. Okay, Jason is brought in to investigate this terrorist attack because don't you know that's what he does now? He runs the secret police for the government. Uh, Seems like it makes perfect sense. Oh, also, it's his secret wife. (laughs) Yes, Uh, secret lover and mother of his child. So. He comes to investigate this terrorist threat, and as the assassination attempt escalates to a full-scale battle, the Skywalkers are sent to a long-awaited confrontation with Lumaya. Jaina, Zek, and Ben warn of Tenelka's traitors just in time for Jason to save his daughter, his lover, her kingdom, and the Galactic Alliance, all in one great heroic swoop as he slips his dark secret through Luke's fingers one more time. That almost happened. Our hero. Yeah. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Solo, who we will get to. But that, that's, that's what happened. There was a massive battle. Corellia tried to convince the Hapens to overthrow Tanelka, killer. Yep. Put a new queen in who's going to be Loyal to Corellia yeah. instead of the Alliance. Right? A Corellian sympathizer. Because the Hapens had a massive fleet of ships and that tips the balance in the war. Or would have. Especially with Corellia's secret fleet that they've now unveiled and has been smashed by the end of this book. And like... Yeah. It's just... every The whole thing is just one incident, this whole book. Yeah, it all it's I all keep like book weird book. It, it's all building to this end yeah. battle that takes place over the course of like three or four pages and then Which in that case though, like it's a good build up to this event. Like it is yeah. it, it's it's a good build up. Great job, Troy. It's a massively like important event too, like because in the battle he shoots at his parents. In the history of this war, it's like a it's a major defining moment. Yeah, not just for the Galactic Alliance, but for Jason himself. Yeah, and not even just for Jason personally, but also for him, like, politically and stuff. Like, he is a huge hero on the news. Yeah. He is the, sa- like, he's gone from the savior of Coruscant, where he's uh, wrangling up Carillions who are bl- trying to blow up cars and stuff, to the man who saved a queen out in space and saved the war for the Alliance and put Corellia on its heels. And yeah, like he's a massive war hero right now. I don't, but meanwhile, <laughs> well, we, we get the backstories, but a, if you were to look at what, a son of a bitch. what the general public at the time would be seeing, I'm in his corner. And honestly, right. Reading this 10 years ago as a 20, whatever year old, like young twenties. I'm really kind of in his super, corner anyway. Super early 20s. I was way in his corner. And yeah. even now, yeah, still kind of. Like, <clears throat> okay, so obviously we'll get to all of his egregious acts when we come around to Jason. Yeah, we will. But before we jump into too much of that, I don't know. I just like, I can't imagine all this happening in like a span of six weeks. Imagine just here on Earth. 
I mean, I guess it did. It did. It did happen, didn't it? Like, in yeah, two thousand one. Yes, it did. Where, I mean, relatively speaking, the entire world went bonkers over a short, very short period of time. Yeah, and like everything changed. Everything was crazy. People were, you know, becoming heroes for things that are, uh, like, you know, in in the interest of the greater good, but still maybe evil acts, that kind of stuff. It's all very reflective of that, these books, but it seems so surreal. Yeah. Think. I mean. You, you throw laser beams I mean, in there. I mean, and I all guess, of a sudden... right? All of a sudden, it's just unbelievable now. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a bizarre thing, man. But anyways, before we jump into the characters, let's hop over to our pal Tim at the Jedi Super Special Superpower Super Desk. Excellent. Did you like that? That was a yeah. good intro. I like I'm going to wing it. I'm going to wing it every book. There's only so many books. So yeah. I think I can come up with a Eventually you'll... pretty f- fresh one every time. Yeah. It's not so bad. So what do you got for us? Out of... I mean, obviously, we don't need to recap the stuff we see all the time. Yeah, like you don't need to know. He's always hiding his emotions. He's always hiding his presence in the force. People are always doing the basic things, moving, cutting cutting apples with a knife in front of their girlfriend that they're trying to seduce on Naboo or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Standard stuff. Yeah. But I want to talk about the freaky stuff. Yeah, the new stuff. Hit me with the weird. The, The stuff... Not so much weird, but stuff we haven't seen from Jason yet. Um, True. One is he didn't actually do it, but it was close. (laughs) Two times close. Twice with his force lightning. Um, I think, personally, it would have been real cool if he would have just zapped Aura Singh. I really wanted wanted him to kill Aura Singh with force lightning in front of his four-year-old daughter. Now I know... When I say that out loud, I do hear how it sounds. <laughs> okay, I wasn't <laughs> um, sure. But, you know, in the context of fiction here, I did really want that to happen just for how immediately that would force him to explore his, how deep his line that he will and won't cross yeah. for his daughter. Because he, like, he, he, he starts kind of scratching the surface of that in this book. Yeah. But yeah, man, that force lightning, ooh, I wanted that so bad. And even at the beginning, where it's like, I think in the prologue, Alema's down uh, in the in the creepy town of Coruscant. Yep. And he's down there with the world brain. And she kills the world brain. She kills the world brain. Yes. And then he almost force lightnings her in the brain. But he doesn't. And I really wanted him to, even though I like Alema and I wanted her to, <laughs> she just got introduced like yeah. two pages earlier. Don't kill her right away. I yeah. get it. It's probably one of Troy's favorite characters or something. Yeah. The The most interesting thing about him, especially the one in front of Alana, not doing the force lightning is it shows the extent of the I don't know, humanity that he still has. Restraint. Yeah. In, like, in a very specific situation. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's my daughter. Probably. Uh, and- don't want her to see me murder somebody with and he even like he he like goes in depth in his thought where he's like oh it's so ingrained in every jedi to think that force lightning is evil that she would immediately think i'm evil like he thinks like four layers deep on it in a half yeah. a second when he's deciding to not kill a woman that's about to kill his daughter yeah 
Where's all that deep thinking on all your other decisions? Anyways, <laughs> anyways, we'll criticize Jason when we get there. Yeah. But Force Lightning on the list. Excellent. Didn't see it from him. We saw it from Lumaya. I think when they were having their fight uh, with with Jason and, and Mara, I thought she zapped some Force Lightning at him at one point. Uh, I, she might have. Maybe I'm crazy. I can't remember. I could be crazy. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. Next. Um, this one is interesting for the opposite to him uh showing his humanity but when he force chokes that uh hapen yeah the no- emissary noble he was assigned yeah, yeah in front of everybody on on the bridge of the ship too because she questioned him yeah just because she questioned him she's like yeah force choke i mean she was pretty disrespectful doing the two it, pinchy fingers by the way the, yeah he's he is he's trying to kill me right now <laughs> <laughs> just kidding no don't panic <laughs> Not that there's anything you could do about this, because you're definitely listening to it in the past. I mean, in the future. I'm in the past. Yeah. How do you like that? Report from the past, <laughs> yeah. still alive. Yeah, he does do that to her, like, on the ship. Very, like, not flagrantly, flippantly. Flippantly. Very flippantly. He's just like, oh, uh-huh, sure, argue. <laughs> yeah. It, no, I'm not arguing. <laughs> and nobody around him... That like other than like his aide, really shows any concern for it. I think most people are just too scared to even look at him when he's doing anything. Very very Vader of him. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> if I'm remembering forward correctly, there's a lot of averted gazes over the course of these books where people just, just it could threaten your life just to look at the man. Yeah, you know? just look the other way. Stick with it. Roll with it. Yeah, or they're thinking his way's working. Yeah. Let's just Maybe go with it. Some of that too, but yeah, that's terrifying. That's a new one. That is a new that's one a for him. That's a fresh one for him. What else you got? Anything? No, that's everything else that he's done is just like his like visions and stuff like that. Nothing yeah. Yeah. nothing too crazy. True. He did, he did more flow walking in this book, didn't he, at the beginning? Yeah, at the beginning he did some flow walking. Um, That's just always one of my couple little couple That's like cool visions. One. Yeah, a couple of visions. Yeah, yeah, but, but nothing, True. nothing other than the the almost lightning and the actual choke. Just more visions that convince him that he's the second coming of space Jesus. Yeah, that he's on the right path, and the force will lead him there, whether it's using lightning or visions. And. Lumaya is the one who's going to lead him there. Oh, yeah. Cutting into a quick review of some of our main characters. Lumaya is the one convincing Jason that he is Space Jesus. Whether she's right or wrong, nobody knows. Whether she's genuine or not, nobody knows. Nope. I like that unreliability of her, not as a narrator, but her as as a device. Yeah. You can't trust anything she says no she's like the writing of her and her character is inherently like what's it uh duplicitous yes, is that the right very word duplicitous yeah excellent yeah I like that word yeah lot. good word use so first up we have lumaya and Alemarar, aka the dark ladies yeah dark ladies gave them all cute nicknames this time. yeah they are Team Destroy All Solos and Skywalkers, and they're on top of their game right now, man. Yeah, they are. They just survived a fight with Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade Skywalker, and more than just survived it, won it. And at the beginning, they killed uh, Tracina Lobi too. Yes, they murdered a Jedi Master. Yeah. 
Alema joining up with with Lumaya gives gives her like a more broad range of power, but it makes them more vulnerable to being discovered. And I think you kind of see that right away. Alema steps into the picture and yeah, she saves Lumaya from being found out by killing Tracina Lobi. They kill her. She doesn't get the message off. Yeah. That Jason's working with Lumaya. But at the same time, that opens them up to the backdoor investigation of following the uh, the evidence to a suite. And the suite is Lumaya's suite. And it's signed up by the GAG. And then you are still on the path of discovering that. Anyways. And know, she's so unstable that... That's the thing. <laughs> like, like, that... It has its own inherent vulnerability in it, too, where, again, you can't trust anything she says either, man. No. I guess that's what these dark ladies are all about. But it's funny, like, immediately, right away, they're more. She, the two of them together are more vulnerable, or at least put in more vulnerable situations. Yeah. That that whole thing, which I guess is kind of the, the matter gets pressed on them, and you got to do what you got to do. But then they also get set up by Jason right away, where Jason doesn't know that Alema is working with Lumaya. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's more just sort of coincidental timing that she's being ex- uh, exploited into vulnerable situation over and over here. In yeah, this book. Maybe I guess. it's just coincidental timing and not Alema's fault, but maybe that's just the kind of juju she brings around with her. She's got crooked juju. <laughs> well, it. For for Elena, uh, Elena, nice. <laughs> Elena and Lumaya, um, Luke and Mara would both be dead if it wasn't for her. Yeah, like she could That's have. That's the killed... other part of it too, right? Eh? Yeah. yeah, and she had open shots on both of them. Yep, but she didn't take them. But she wanted because of the balance. Yeah, she wanted to hurt Luke more by having him watch Mara die, and yeah. she's so messed. That kind. of... Is that legitimate? I mean, I guess people are like that, especially if they're twisted in the mind by supernatural darkness. <laughs> to me, I'm just like, would you though, or would you not just kill the guy? I think, you know, I mean, on the general whole, you would just kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but her, with her twisted brain and the we and the balance and the, and the you know, like Gorog and, and the, yeah. yeah. Uh, She's pretty twisted. Yeah. But here's what they're up to. Lumaya, just out here doing a Sith destiny. Alema, just out here doing a balance. Nothing personal here, I swear. Don't even think about it. Yep, no. Balance. Even though we both very specifically point out all the time the personal vendettas that we have against the people that were trying to trick into ruining their own lives. It's not personal on our end. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. And at, in Alema's point of view, her view of balance is to like hurt Leia because she was hurt by Leia. Yeah. That's called revenge. Yeah. It's, <laughs> just, well, that's the thing. So, right? you know. like she's sick in the head, man. Yeah. She's got problems. How do you like their team up, though? I I love it. I love it so much. I really like it, too. I like the extra dimension that it gives Lumaya where you see her interact with obviously the two of them, her, uh, uh, Alema and Jason in very different ways. Oh yeah. She's completely dismissive. Like Lumaya, uh, Lumaya treats Alema like just a tool. She's just a, yeah. a tool in a drawer. Whereas Jason is like, you're special. 
Swiss Army knife tool. Yeah. <laughs> and you bring it everywhere with you and you string it on your pocket when you're a kid or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the hell I'm talking about right now. But <laughs> I don't know. My brother still carries around his. I don't know. <laughs> I like I like to see her different dimensions of her personality like that. Here's another question I just thought of. You know how Karen Travis used the Mandalorians in the in book two and mm-hmm. then took them away at the end? Yeah. They're like, we're going back to Mandalore to build our own life. We're not going to be part of a civil war right now. We'll be back in a few books when a Karen Travis comes around to write another book. <laughs> but like, is Alema going to disappear back into the shadows for two books? Ooh. Is that... Because that's kind of, that's, Troy Denning brought her to the party. Yeah. Is, is, he gonna, is she going to get swept under the rug for a couple books like I, I think the Mandalorians are? She might make a quick cameo. Yeah, maybe she gets deal. way less screen time. But she just won't, it'll be. Same thing with Wedge, like Aaron Alston in, in Betrayal. He brought in, he you know, he's the pilot guy. Yeah. He brings in Wedge. He's heavy in the first book. Ninja dust in the next two books. Yeah. Whew. God. <laughs> like, yeah, you see him for like a paragraph in the, Tempest. The, it seems to be the pattern here. Like, you know, they bring in their specialty characters to write their own book. Okay. Fine. Don't make somebody else write characters they don't love. I get it. That's cool. Yeah. But is Alema going to bamf and be gone? I, th- I, think, I think she'll be gone for a while if... I wonder. Or she'll make small appearances. I would... You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if she was <laughs> totally gone. <laughs> and just yeah. like... Mentioned by name, not appear uh, yeah. to do anything. Maybe. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Be because that was in in Tempest. That was going back to, like Wedge. Wedge was, hey, sorry, Han. Yeah, exactly. Um, I here's wanted a, you to do this here, as a. Here's a thing, quick message. Yeah, but like I'm here for bye. a scene. I got a roll. Yeah, he was in for like a paragraph and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be, that might be all that she's concerned with. I hope not, though. I like her. All right. You like him so much when you marry him and tell me what was your favorite part of the two of them together? Uh, most definitely when they're tearing apart those bombs yeah. <laughs> and then Lumaya calls her a bug slut. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I loved that whole part too. I was going to say the same thing, but I loved Alema being a little brother, little sister, like just pain in the ass you're trying to take yeah. apart a proton bomb she turns the light off yeah and she's like i don't know like, if i know how i don't oh, understand no, you stupid i can't do it <laughs> yeah. i'm just a simple bug slut but, you know well, yeah I, I mean i know we're overusing the phrase here at this point but like that was a pretty 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 damn funny little chirp you threw in there troy and i like that yeah, bug slut and the stupid dancing girl and I would, she, she mentioned something about her being disfigured, too, I think. Yeah, she chirped the hell out of her, and I liked that whole yeah, part. Yeah, that whole part was great. Our next set of characters, main characters, major characters, humans, believe it or not. You know what? Alemarar, not a human. But again, not necessarily a main character. Yes. Han and Leia, though, definitely main characters. Han and Leia Solo, the Solo parents. Yep. Because they're always on their own, doing not their own thing, <laughs> whatever Durgadjian tells them to do. It's, it's, oh, uh, 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 okay. Don't okay. get me wrong. It's okay. I love, I do love their scenes. Yeah. But overall, I hate the idea of them just being like, okay, we'll do it. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? Are you just doing it? Because that's something Han Solo's always done. Carillion Pride? <clears throat> Anyways. Anyways, 
they start off doing favors for Gedgen and Karelia still until they get suckered right in the nards. Bam, you've been framed for a murder attempt on a queen. Ram, bam, nards. There's nothing they can do about that. Except they finally start doing what they want, what they think is right. So they start sending the warning messages and blah, blah, blah. I'm literally talking about the end of the book. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is three whole books of them just being swept up in a torrent of murder and terror. Yeah. The I picture, if, if I can see what they're doing visually, they're on a life raft with no oars. Going down the rapids. Yeah, and the Benny Hill theme is playing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny for a bit. <laughs> and then uh, and then you hear that song for eight, nine hundred pages. You're like, that's, I, that's, a, oh, yeah, that's, that's enough uh, of that. Uh, yeah, all Benny Hill and no <laughs> intuitive choices makes Justin go crazy. So... They start doing what they think is right, except, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe they talk to Jason at all in this book. No. The last time they talked to him was when they were swapping a dead body. Yeah. Uh, After that handoff of Aelin Vell, or whatever her name is. Ever. Aelin Habur, right? Yes. Who's Vel? I don't um, know. Frick. Sintis Vel. That's yes, his wife. his wife. Okay. We got there. <laughs> so, that's. I think the last time they talked to him was when he gave him Boba Fett's dead daughter. Yeah, and there, and Han's like, I don't even recognize you anymore. And that was the Meanwhile, last time. Meanwhile, the whole time, there's a warrant out for their arrest that Jason has put out. You don't text him. You don't <laughs> space text him. You got it. You got the tech. Yeah, Bull- yeah. Definitely. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just pretending to be spies the whole time. Pretending that they did try to kill Tenelka. Yeah. You don't slip anybody a text? Hey, like, Monday morning, 2.15 a.m., war broke out in the Haven Palace. Wasn't us. Luke, descend to Luke. Just so you know. Yeah. Like, anything? No, nothing. Well, they've been in the Hapen sector most of the time, so they really can't. Oh, damn, you're right. In the transitory mist. <laughs> damn! You're right. That's why they haven't communicated yeah. with anybody. I forgot about that little tidbit. Yeah. It complicates the whole book, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. But still, come on! Nobody gives nobody other than Luke and Mara give them the benefit of the doubt. It's like a soap opera where nobody just communicates yeah what they're going to do or what they want and then everybody ends up mad at everybody and getting blown up by their son almost yeah almost i mean specifically and i wrote this down especially specifically at the very end of the book when they're in the same space as him yeah ben tells them that's the Anakin Solo, insert freak out, and that's Jason shooting at us. You don't send him a, hey, knock it off. Hey, what hey, wasn't us? Uh, a picture of you with your hands up? Yeah, like, anything. what, nothing? You don't, 
You're so mad he named a ship after your his brother that you don't talk to him at all and just bamf into hyperspace out into exile. Smooth. Yeah. But what? You're right there. You had the chance to talk to him. Yeah. You had the the chance to set your freaking reputation straight here. And no, they run away and they leave it for Tenel Ka to explain to him later at the end of the book. Why? Why did they not? Why? Yeah. Is Han so mad at him? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, or... hypocrite, murdering terrorist, or, but he's not a mass murdering terrorist. Well, everybody starts at one. <laughs> I guess. That's I don't the... know if you know that. That's, a, that's where you would start. <laughs> it doesn't go down from there either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So that one stays on the list. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and it's a slow build, no matter how slow, to mass murdering terrorist. <laughs> and I, I believe Han Solo will get there. So instead of talking with their son at all, now they've teamed up with two galaxy famous bounty hunters over the course of these three books instead of talking to their son yeah. about what they all need to do together. This time, it's Aura Singh, famous Jedi bounty hunter. Yeah. Who was at the pod race that Anakin won. Way, 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 way back in the day, 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 day. Yeah, so she's like 80, 90. She's old. She's as old as hot as them. Great friends, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you can all play Scrabble and go to bed early together. Huh? <laughs> not Maybe not together. I don't know what kind of relationship they have. But the point is, in the end, they only team up with bounty hunters and murderers like Dirk Gedgen. Well, they don't team up with uh, their kids, the Jedi. Uh, they don't team up with their brother slash sister-in-law, the uh, masters of the Jedi. They don't team up with their government that they helped build. In the end, they just team up with bounty hunters and murderers. I think that goes along with the lines of they're not doing anything on their own. They're yeah. just they're thrown into this situation, and rather than make a simple phone call, they're like, "All right then." <laughs> <laughs> That was a good suggestion. We'll do uh, that. Oh, well, I didn't have any ideas of my own, so <laughs> I'll just have to do that, I guess. That, that sounds great. Like they have like no uh, autonomy at all, and it's been... Or at least that's the way I'm reading it. That's how it Are you reading feels. it differently out there, people in the future? Email us at forevercanonpodcast.gmail.com and let me know if I'm wrong. I'm not. <laughs> let me know if I am. Hey, here's another one. You don't think Han Solo is a murdering terrorist? Email us at forevergamingpodcast at gmail.com and you let me know why he's not. I've known him a long time. He never thinks he's wrong. And I'll tell you that I'm not wrong. That's right, Chris. That's absolutely correct. But the, my point here is like, why? Why are you teaming up with all the bad guys and not the good guys? Yeah. Because you're mad? What are you, having a late stage senility rebellion? Aren't you supposed to do this 65 years ago when you're a teenager? <laughs> Buddy, Han Solo uh, literally murdered a president because he didn't want to talk to his son. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a roundabout sort of way to be dramatic about it. But nonetheless, <laughs> it follows. It makes sense. It's not wrong. I The guy, anyways, I just, I think he has no business judging my best friend Jason Solo like that. Okay. 
I don't. He's a parent, and he'll always judge. <clears throat> but in the end, I've said in the end too many times, but in the final pages, <laughs> what ends up saving the day is them. It's them teaming up with the bad guys. They got rid of Thraken. Yep. Probably a really good thing. Because he was a warmongering, hating, trigger-pulling, bomb-sploding kind of bad guy. Rootin' tootin'. Yeah. Hank Scorpio. Center point activating. I still picture him as Hank Scorpio every time. I know yeah. that he looks exactly like Han. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he is forever Thraken Hank beard. Scorpio. Oh, Scorpiolo. All right. I'm down for that. I'm down. <laughs> Anyways. That worked out. And in this one, all their double team spy and triple team, not triple team, triple, triple, what? Triple spy. Double spy. What? Double agent. Triple double, agent. Triple agent. Super, uh-huh. super double triple agent. All that bullshit did save the day. Because. Sounds like a tasty burger. The super double triple agent. <laughs> Hook it up with bacon. Just ketchup and pickles and bacon. I know. Email me forever can at gmail podcast dot all the comms. You get it. But here's the thing that information saved the day again, too. Where they're like, hey, hey, uh, first of all, traitor. Second of all, I mean, that message got to Ben and then it got to whoever and then it eventually got to Town Call. And then the other message was, well, the one that betrayed them was, uh, the fleet is over here behind this uh, thing or whatever, the usurper fleet. And then they were gone. And Jason was like, traitor! Um, yeah. <laughs> and tried to murder his parents. Uh, uh, just so let's flip past that for a second. The third piece of information that they ended up scoring was that there was the secret GA fleet watching the secret Karelian fleet. Yeah. And so they would be coming too and hang tight. Don't spread yourself out. Yep. Buckle down. Defend the fort. And that saved the day. Yes, it did. Had they spread out, and then the second fleet comes in, you, you, you're dead. You smashed to bits. You're dead, just like what happened to the bad guys. Yeah. Well, relative. Because they got kind of like pincer moved. And so, yeah. are they are they pissing me off with their lack of visible decision making? I think just a little bit. I think I'm pretty sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's like it's coming through every third episode that that we do you you bring up how annoyed you are with them doing nothing so because that's how often they don't choose their own <laughs> destiny okay yeah. they saved the day but by the end of the book they're on the run from their own son yeah. so mistakes were made <laughs> yeah but they're not wanted for being traitors and terrorists they're wanted for they just have a like a like a detain just, warrant I, no i thought it was still the same it's the arrest warrant the same thing it, yeah you're right it's not the murder them that he was trying to do on the spot yeah but it's still the same arrest warrant that it was from the beginning of the book because that was his whole point to jane at the end right where he was like I'm not, i can't take that off that's yeah my favorites man i can't do that that looks bad but i think it's kind of been downgraded he, to more of a a detain in question rather than like an arrest go to jail yeah maybe I don't know well I think I, I don't know I think the whole plan was always bring them to Jason yeah yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like that's where they're gonna end up yeah but what was your favorite part of all of their 
floating down the river. Not lazy river. I almost said lazy river, but it's not. No, it's no. Like, this all happened in six weeks. Definitely it's like definitely a rapid. waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking mental. But what was your favorite part of Han and Leia this time through? When they started. It's actually when they started making their own decisions, man. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? <laughs> like, it's right near the end of the book where they're getting all shot to hell and they have to do that like weird slingshot maneuver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Han is like we're going to die. Yeah. And that was a good little and good little thing and she's like, "Wow, I really admire Han's piloting skills." Yeah. That whole thing, they don't actually say that to each other. Right, right. Cuz why would you? I think they both already know that about each other. Oh, right? yeah. So that's the fun of teasing each other all the time. Oh, all the time is great. The negative stuff. But yeah, like she is like, I'm a Jedi, and this is hard as hell. <laughs> I can barely do this. How does he do this all the time with his regular plebeian brain? <laughs> you can't even control the force with that brain. How do you do this stuff? Yeah, but that would that would be my favorite part of them is when they start doing things and sending messages and deciding things yeah. for themselves. My favorite part is because it's so stupid. Okay. When they are meeting with Nashta... They're meeting her contact in the cantina on the wherever the fuck station. Yeah. And they have a massive gunfight and kill a bunch of people. And then they walk two fucking tables <laughs> over and sit down with the contact. Yeah. I What the hell? And again, I could just be reading it wrong. Well, <laughs> no, that's exactly, it right, that's exactly how I read it. We went over it at the time. Um. But I, I think it's kind of like it was so almost slapstick humor. Yeah, where it was like, well, we got to make sure we prove ourselves. Whap 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 whap. Kill a bunch of people. Proved. Walk to the next table. Oh, it's like on Tatooine where he 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 kills um, Greedo. Yeah, and he's just like, sorry about the mess. Flips him a little credit chip and then walks out like it's the same deal. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah, but. It was a really big deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Orison shot six people in the forehead. <laughs> I don't know. After being drugged, too. It just, you know... I hope you can hear that audible sigh. Well, I'm here. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Just in case you, you people didn't, it happened. To our third set of main characters. Luke and Mara Skywalker. Team, Jedi Masters. They started off this book still in their state. If we uh, rewind here and flash back to our last review episode, they're still in their state of doing nothing. Nothing at the beginning of this book. Yeah. Doing nothing. But that doesn't last for long. No, it doesn't. No. After Luke sends Master Lobi to spy on Ben and she is murdered immediately, their hunt for Lumaya is fully on. Yeah. It wasn't that the first night she was out spying on Ben. Yeah, dead, killed. Yep, murdered by lightsabers. And then they find all the, they all trace the her back to her thing, and yeah. Mara even builds a special lightsaber to fight Lumaya. That's how committed they are, man. These two are actually agreeing about what to do now, and that, in and of itself, is a nice change of pace. Yeah, and it's necessary for them, in context. If they want to have any chance to stop this set. Yeah. Like, it's about time that the two of them get on the same page. 
We gotta we gotta bring Ben home. We gotta get him away from Jason. And we gotta kill this crazy bee. It's gotta be death to Umaya or nothing else. Yeah. And they gear up and they roll out on it, but by the end of the book, they're unconvinced that Lumaya went boom. They forced Ben to leave the GAG and go home to Coruscant. Yeah. They had their fight. They tried. They're not convinced she's dead, but they did get what they want, and they got Ben away. Action. Doing. <laughs> Deciding. These are a few of my favorite things. It's, it seems like it took um, both the... Uh parental skywalker and solo people to get to the end of the third book yeah to really do anything to protect their own son again along the way everything that jason is doing has been shrouded in a reasonable doubt yeah but then they finally had their evidence that convinced them ben didn't show up to roku station lumaya did to kill them and then at the end of the book, here's your reasonable doubt again, because it was Jaina's fault that Ben didn't show up. And just like that, all that action, the doing, all the deciding oh, runs okay. right out at that yeah. point. Yeah. But maybe having them focus on Lumaya isn't the worst thing in the world. No, she's definitely the driving force I mean, behind at least everything. Got, at least they've got half of the puzzle figured out, you know, and go after her, not just sit and wait for her to do something yeah. worth going after. It's good. Yep. It's proactive. This is not like, I don't know. I guess it is. Cause it's a Sith. I was going to say, it's not very Jedi like, but she's a Sith. So yeah, it totally is. <laughs> Go hunt that fool. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's on. It's just, it's on. And at the end of the book, it's still on. Cause they're not convinced that she's dead. No. Nope. What was your favorite part of Luke and Mara? Luke and Mara. I think, would be the the fight they had with Lumaya yeah. and Alema because it showed that they're both willing to as much as they care for each other because you 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 see Mara when she's trying to disarm yeah. that bomb they're, they're stopping to be concerned about each other yeah. the whole time but but they still are like okay resolve sucks but I have to do this yeah. or we'll both die yeah she's like Luke is gonna get killed in six seconds if I don't finish. Disarming, Disarming this proton this bomb. bomb. Yeah. yeah, that will blow up this entire room and kill everybody. Yeah, and it was just it was really cool to see to see a really cool like good lightsaber fight and the light whip and that whole big that whole scene. The light whip is described really well. It's, it really it's cool. It, confusing. I know, I know, yeah. We did talk like but, the physical description. I I mean like the uh descriptive use of her fighting with it. It just always sounds so cool. It seems so deadly. Yeah. Like just whip you from 10 feet away and their arms fall off on the ground. And she, like, she wrapped it around some lady. Pulled somebody right in half. Yeah. Nasty. My favorite part, man, was at the beginning of the book where it's Luke and Ben, Jedi Gladiator Thunderdome. The sparring. Yeah, their yeah. sparring match. And then it's the conversation that they have after. Because, I mean, like, Mara's not so much engaged in that part of it. But, like, after when she tells them about, like, her force vision and stuff. And that's kind of the moment where they're, like, they... Even though she tells them Ben has to walk his own path, they agree on that. Yeah. And that kind of brings them back around to agreeing with each other and being on the same team. And then so then later when the evidence builds up to go kill this broad... 
Mara's totally on board and Ben has to come home and she's yeah. totally on board. So like, that's kind of where they started clicking back together at that point. Yeah. And then they, we had them together all book on the same team. It was great. Yeah. Because in those other books, they, we saw a lot of parts like in the, in the first two, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, they where they're arguing with each other kind of, and that, I don't know. And not even just arguing with each other, but like refusing to not argue with each other. Yes. Everybody's kind of doing that at the beginning of the first couple of books where, yeah. you know, this is all the, the spice loaf. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. all, it's all sparring over spice loaf, but yeah, it's nice that they click. Out I like the agreement and the beginning of it. And I, that is a good, um, this has nothing to do with Luke and Mara, but with Luke and Ben, that whole sparring thing. Uh, yeah. Another nice moment where Loved they it. click back together. Yeah. I loved that that whole family dynamic that the, happened in that scene. And at the end of it where he's like, I'm still going to do the GAG because I'm helping people and I don't want to stop helping people, but I'll be here to fight you. <laughs> yeah, I'll train with you. That was great, too. Yeah, was yeah. I love it. Speaking of fighting with everybody. All the time. Our fourth major character, group of characters, yeah. Jaina Solo. Who I dubbed the angriest Jedi. Yeah. She's fiery. Right off the hop, we shut the door on her and Zach being lovers and fighting about being lovers or not. Speaking of relief. (laughs) Another thing I was just getting tired of, man. Yeah. Tired of her just constantly like, it's not constructive fighting or arguing. It's bickering. Yeah. It's not. How can I say that now when it has built to a constructive solution where now she bickers at him one last time and Zach's like, I'm over you. I'm so over you. Yeah. I'm over you. Zach finally has caught up to her and now they can just be friends. Yeah. And they are awesome. Again. Thank you, Troy. Thank you. Moving on. Wonderful. Moving on from that. Love to move on from that. Han and Leia can't make a choice. Love to move on from that. Luke and Mara can't agree. Love to move on from that. This has been a wonderful book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's great. When the Hapen traitors try to kill Jane and Zek, she has moments where her anger serves her. Ben's able to track them across the planet that they're stranded on. He tracks her fury. Yeah. And she has moments where it doesn't. Like they're uh, her and Zek are fighting the YVH droids a- a- after the shuttle has left uh, Duke of Galmi's estate or whatever. Fighting the YVH droids, she has to control herself. Yeah. To get the upper hand. So I think this is very like purposely <laughs> shown to us. You know, I I think we're seeing the early beginning of that process we were talking about before, where she's gonna have to. Control. She's going to have to learn how to control her anger. She's going to have to temper her blazing hot anger into a weapon. Perhaps a sword of the Jedi. Perhaps. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, this is like you're getting the first trickles of that arc here yeah. at, the, at the end of book three is like Jaina realizing herself that she needs to chill out because that's even reflected in after her and Zach 
break up, we'll say. Yeah. Finally are done with it, with whatever, bickering about boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. After that, she has a lot of moments of reflection where she's like, oh, look at Zach, like, just being cool. And like, I'm not. Yeah. Like, she actually has those moments where she's like, oh, I could probably be nice about it. Or moments where she let somebody, specifically Zach, tell her to stop. Yeah. Like, hey, no, just go sit down. Don't tell them what to do. Hey, just go get your suit on. Hey, just, and everybody around notices. What the hell? Yeah. Wait, what? She didn't kill him for she, telling yeah, her to she stop? She didn't yell at him, shove him, nothing. Han notices, Ben no- everybody notices, right? And I, I think that's what that is. I think that's her having to balance that, f- that fire rage that yeah. she has inside of her all the time for whatever reason. She can't be hulking out all the time. She's got to be Bruce Banner. Yeah. And use the Hulk when you need it. Yeah, because I think you as far... You can't let the Hulk destroy your life. Yeah. As far as, I think, in her life, her anger, her emotions, all that, it's all served her well in all the things. And, and all now, the things that she's good at. Yeah, and now right? she's finally learning that, hey, also being chill about stuff helps too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think in the end of this book, like it's ultimately... Her being impatient that allows Jason to escape discovery for a while longer. She's the one who hijacked Ben's mission and moved them where they weren't supposed to be. So it's her fault. Yep. But I think she's going to remember this moment. (laughs) Moving forward as a major pivot point where she did something that put everybody on the wrong track or on the wrong trail or whatever. Or yeah. Off the right trail. Yeah. They were all headed in the right direction until it was Jaina's fault. They were oh. literally stepping on the guy's heels, man. Yeah. And then hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But she ends up with like the most people on her side, like in a positive way, in a positive relationship. I think she has the most, Friends out of the whole book. She has a nice reunion with her parents. Hugs and tears. Yep. Luke and Mara like and trust her. They're not upset with her at all. Not that I recall. No. Oh, that's all good. That could have been because of Luke's Jedi stuff. Her and Zekka are actually friends now. She thinks Ben is being a lunatic, but that is Jason's fault. Yeah. And boy, does she not like Jason right now. No, her twin brother, she's not so happy with. Other than him. She's pretty cool with just about everybody else of the main character cast. Yeah. Other than, you know, the dark ladies over there. Shouldn't be friends with them. Well, she doesn't know of their involvement right now. But for being the one who is, like, counted as the angry one, the one who jumps down people's throats and stuff like that, she's the one with everybody on her side with all of her decisions. Yeah. So keep a tab on that moving forward. But what? was your favorite part of Jane's journey. It's, it was actually when it, Jane's fault. When (laughs) when he's like, when she's telling Ben, no, we got to go this way. And she's telling the whole crew of that ship. Yeah. And, and it was the, like the little look between when Ben says, well, we should do it or she'll kill you. And then she looks at Ben and she just winks at him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, good job, boy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I will. So thanks for making me not say it. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. I, I, You're exaggerating the threat, but thanks for making the point. Right? Yeah, making the point that I'll, I'm going to do it, yeah. whether you want us to or not. It's just it would be nice if you took control, if you, yeah. if you used the controls. My favorite part was at the end with Ben when he, like, tells her to her face, like, you're not in control of yourself oh, enough yeah. to be a good pilot. You're not a good Jedi. Bam, bam, two shots in the gut from a 13-year-old. And she's just like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? (laughs) Where if she was standing side by side with Jason, all the, all the steps this way that he's taking, she'd be saying the same thing and it wouldn't have gone so far. Yeah. Where she is the voice of reason, even though she's depicted as being like the hothead. Yeah. She's never often in the wrong. No, she's, she's like, Jason is saying, Use your emotions to your advantage, where and he's failing miserably. <laughs> where she actually does, yeah, she seems to, yeah. And if she's getting gonna get more control over it, then hey, yeah, that's gonna be an interesting dynamic Whatever. moving forward. But our next character in the five slot is a young boy named Ben Skywalker, aka. Lil G-A-G. Oh, this is his rap boy. name. Old Ben. Oh, Ben. Oh, Ben. He starts off fighting his dad in Coruscant Jedi Gladiator Arena. Sort of past failing that test of skill and resolve before collecting terrorists with G-A-G for a while, and we don't see him for a large part of the book. Yeah, for like two-thirds of the Un- book. Till he fully... Saves the stranded Jaina and Zek. Yeah. Follows her fury across the planet and he picks the two of them up. He's pretty much gone for most of the book. Yeah, and then we miss him for a couple of chapters and then he comes back in at the end. That's it. Again, <laughs> again, again. Exactly. But he gets that nice confidence boost. He gets to save the big Jedi. Yep. That's good. Um, He puts that confidence to the test pretty quickly. Yeah, he does. Uh, when he watches two of his GAG friends blow up, uh, tries to arrest his uncle... And nearly kills Zek with his lightsaber. Whoopsie. <laughs> uh, sometimes things just get out of control when you're 13 years old. I, I, yeah, he's not, you know, he's not given much in it, in the narrative in this book. He's more like a means to an end. Yeah. This book isn't really exploring Ben, you know, and that's fine. No, he's more he's more of a, a helper to the story rather than a part of it. But just, you know, look go ahead and look look at him all the way through the book. Every chance he gets, proving that Jason has been doing and teaching all the wrong things. Yeah. Uh every chance that he gets to prove it. His dad says, You're grounded. No more G A G. That's pretty much a wrap on Ben. Yeah. He's not given a lot to do, but he becomes a huge catalyst in the middle where he's the, I don't know, the red herring of Luke and Mara's setup to go fight Lumaya. Yeah. So he's kind of the big catalyst for that. And then at the end with the whole Falcon kerfuffle where <laughs> try to arrest your uncle on his own ship. Yeah. In front of his daughter like you're a maniac kid balls on kids that don't know they're just not thinking (laughs) oh my god so good i can't believe she did not punch him in the face like i thought for real he's about to get knocked out yeah 
but the Falcon needed to be fixed. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. What was your favorite Ben part? Well, it would have to be on the Falcon where they come aboard, and the first thing he does is hold up a pair of handcuffs in front of in front of Han's face. It's like you're under arrest. Yeah, he's just and Han's like, yeah, okay, he, you can arrest me later. He does it so confidently too, and like without consulting anybody else. Yeah, we have the two senior Jedi that he's with because it's not Jedi business. This no. is GAG police business. Yeah, I don't have to ask you, Jaina. This is my I have space authority Jesus here. given right. Yeah, I have authority here. <laughs> yeah, and isn't that wild? That's a thirteen year old. But that that whole thing on the Falcon with Ben there and the stabbing of Zek mm-hmm. is just. It's really, it's hilarious. That was my favorite part was when he stabbed him and he, and Ben just goes, well, why did you grab my hands? <laughs> like the dumbest defense that comes out of anybody's mouth when you, an accident happens because you're doing something dangerous. Yeah. It was, it was your fault. Why did you touch it? <laughs> I was balancing that knife above my head on the wall for no reason at all, but you yeah. touched it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now. It's very 13 of him, though. It's time to discuss the man of the hour, Jason Solo. As I like to call him, the hero, the savior, the second space Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Undeniable and undefeated. Okay. He starts this book. Totally committed to the Sith destiny and for sure willing to kill his wife and daughter. Oh my God. Sorry. Wrong book. He starts this book off pretty down for the Sith destiny, but probably not going to kill his wife and kid. (laughs) We've talked about it all the way through the book, but like, I don't know if you've ever seen a bicycle move backwards, but this was the hardest backpedal I've ever seen in my life. This is danger speed backwards. (laughs) So fine. It's fine. Come back to the beginning of the book. Probably not willing to kill his wife and kid, but it's kind of on the table. Yeah, He'd he'd rather kill someone else. Instead. You're right. Yeah, he does. He murders all the Bothans. Well, he has them murdered because they hurt his brain, buddy. He's loving that secret police and Sith life. He has an arrest warrant out for his parents. Totally normal. He straight up Wayne Brady chokes a bitch for arguing with him. (laughs) Grandpa brand leadership skills. Then he tries to kill his parents, sister, cousin, and Zach, but like whatever. Rational decision making. I I see not I see nothing wrong. <laughs> Jason is an unbalanced emotional mess for nearly this entire book. Yeah. And it's because his wife and daughter are in life threatening danger from cover to cover. From start to finish, they're gonna die. Yeah. His wife and daughter from page one to page end. Yeah. Four hundred and twenty three or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. I made that up. But anyways, there is no other way that this guy could act in this book. Really? Yeah. As much as he spent the first two books, like trying to convince himself that, you know, it's okay. I can do the right thing. 
in the face of really difficult emotional decisions involving <laughs> the people I love the most. I can totally separate from that and put that aside and do the hard thing that is the right thing. And in the end of the massive shitstorm, I mean that in a positive way, massive shitstorm that is book three, Tempest, he's a complete <clears throat> 180 Yep. From the beginning of this book, but also where he finished book two. Yeah. <laughs> Complete 180. He will, and I say this again, never, never. He uses that word. Sacrifice Tenel Ka and Alana. He, in fact, saves them both from certain death. Powerful space Jesus. Jason has made a lot of sacrifices so far in a Sith path. But never is it going to be Alana and Tenelkov. No. So, and in fact, how do you rationalize that to yeah. yourself, Jason? Yeah. In, in fact, saving Tenelkov and Alana. I said her name weird again. Yeah. But, um, was, but he sacrifices thousands of nameless soldiers it's to literally save one person. His number one priority. Yeah. Not protect the whole galaxy. No. That's maybe number four, underneath. Protect Alana, protect Tenelka, become space Sith Jesus, and then maybe help other people along the way with all the power that you've accrued. Yeah. Yeah. That's what? How do you what? His <laughs> logic was pretty sound in the first couple books, man. Yeah. He, he, Where he was like, his decisions were kind of reasonable. He was pushing it when he's like, oh, I had to kill that guy at the blockade, man. He shot at me. I can't not kill him. There's logic there. There is logic there. And then you come to the end of this book and he's firing ships again. Only now it's the biggest, baddest fucking ship in the galaxy. And he's trying to kill most of his family. <laughs> yeah. Because bad information. Yeah. The only two of his family that he's not coming <laughs> close to killing is Alana and Tenelka. Yeah. The, there is no middle ground in there for him. No. So let's, I wrote down a quick list here. Feel free to throw things in it. Let's go over the sacrifices that he has made so far. AKA, bad things done in the name of saving the galaxy from chaos. This is his original logic point. Was that, I'm going to do bad things for this good outcome of keeping the galaxy in a state of peace. Protect it from chaos. Yeah. So let's go over the list. Sacrifice number one. He kills Nalani, which essentially is him sacrificing his ties to the Jedi Order. Yeah. Because if that comes out, you're done. You're not a Jedi. You killed another Jedi on purpose. That's a big sacrifice. He brainwashes his cousin Ben. Again, a big sacrifice. He does it for the good of keeping the secret so that he can protect the galaxy. Blah, blah, blah. But if that comes out major consequences and he's going to lose the trust of his family and the people that he loves and cares about. Yep. Big sacrifice. He's running the secret police collecting Carillions. He's sacrificing his public image with a big part of the galaxy. Yeah. To do what he thinks is the right thing. And his relationship with his aunt and uncle and his father. Uh, yeah. Who is Corellian in the blood. Yeah. Um, Big sacrifice. 
And going back to that, he destroyed Centerpoint again. Yeah. Major. Well, he helped destroy it. Ben did. But major sacrifice to your love of your Karelian side. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That part of yourself that is that half. He killed Aelin Haber. A major sacrifice. He did it accidentally, but he did it to save his parents. Yeah. Because she was contracted to kill them, and he knew that. And to, while he was trying to get as much information out of her as possible, he killed her because he yeah, was like being careless. And exploded kind of her brain, kind of. Yeah, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, another sacrifice for a number of reasons. His GAG thing, like that would put that in jeopardy. He did it in front of Ben, puts that relationship in jeopardy. He's got Boba Fett and wants to kill him now. He opens fire on the civilians at the blockade. Yeah. He does it in front of his sister. And he does it because he has to set the example of you don't get to shoot at us and run away. Yeah. And she won't. And she won't. And so there's your sacrifice. Even just the next step, he court marshals Jaina. He has to do it because he can't play favorites. Yeah. So throw that relationship right out of the window. Sacrificed. Even like joining the military in the first place was a sacrifice of his path that he's been on all this time where he's like explored Jedi and the force. Now he's sacrificing a lot of his attention and focus to collecting terrorists and helping the government. Yeah. You know, manipulating again, sacrificing his relationship with the Jedi order because they're not supposed to do that stuff. Exactly. He's out there catching Karelians. Yeah. There's your sacrifice. Puts out a warrant for his parents' arrest. And he keeps it because you can't play favorites. Because that would look bad. Yeah. So there's your sacrifice. He's trying to get Luke and Lumaya, Luke or Lumaya killed. Or both. <laughs> How's yeah. that for a sacrifice? I think preferably both in his he's case, trying to He's trying to lose one or both to keep on this path. His, he's willing to sacrifice... His uncle or his teacher to stay on this path. He tries to kill most of his family when they're in the Millennium Falcon to protect his daughter. Yeah. Because he thinks his parents are traitors. Yeah. Dude. That, that, well, that might, that, I think that was an overcompensation. Now, <laughs> but that's a long list of sacrifices so far, or yeah. things that could be construed as sacrifices or. Bad things done in the name of saving the galaxy from chaos. But it's not the right sacrifice. It's not the big sacrifice. It's not his Sith sacrifice. No. And it's never, by the end of the book, never (laughs) going to be Tenelka or Alana. Yeah, that is such a weird flip. And he walks off. As the hero. Yeah. And that is Legacy of the Force, book three, Tempest. In an hour-long nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of the book, man, overall? Overall, it was was not my... Not my favorite of the three we've we've gone through so far. Right. But it's still a 
good, solid book with all its twists and turns. And um, a lot of, this is a lot of, um, a lot of like boiling. Yeah. A lot of a lot like, a lot of simmering and building up to the last to the 50 event. pages. Yeah. It's like, it's like watching a crappy wrestling pay-per-view. Yeah. Where you're like, the main event's going to be sick, but the rest yeah. of this can just, I get it. Yeah, it, yeah it, and, it's all and, good. And not to say that it wasn't good. Yeah, like yeah. the action pieces are good. Like the fight in the palace and and in the cantina and Jaina and Zek on Terrafon getting blown to hell by everything in the sky. Yeah. So much of it was really, really cool. But it did just feel like... And what else is a book supposed to feel like, I guess, then? A build up to the end of the story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, I guess. Why, to the is that our only criticism? Book. I, I hated Jedi Jason. That oh, you did hate that. But no, other than that, like the story was solid. And you know what? That list of three things that he freaking cut off at the knees. The yeah. Jaina and Zek done. Han and Leia can't decide or do with their own thing. Done. Luke and Mara can't agree. Done. I'm into that. That's a really that really makes now that I'm thinking about it. That really makes this book great as like a pivot point for the whole series. Yeah. Because this is the end of act one, right? This is the end of the first three. Yeah. Yeah. We're... It's a triple trilogy. Yep. This is the end of the first trilogy. And at the end of the first trilogy. So I guess just a brief recap of Jason's whole journey from A to B is he discovers Lumaya who tells him you can use the dark side of the force for good. Yeah. And he goes, I kind of had a feeling <laughs> all the way to at the end or all along the way, I should say uh, this in the background of, you're going to have to make a major sacrifice, major sacrifice, major sacrifice. And he, the whole time he's convinced my secret wife and daughter. Yeah. And so all along the way, he's like, nah, I can do it. 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 And he does all these horrible, increasingly horrible things along the way. Yeah. Um, convincing himself that, well, look at all these sacrifices I can make. So pff, obviously I can totally do it. I can do it. I can do it until I am never, <laughs> never going to do that at the end of this book. And towards the end of this book is where you see his decisions. Stop making Jason logic sense. Yeah. Totally stop. Completely stop. And it all is just focused around protect the baby. Yeah. It, Which is totally um It's completely understandable. Totally tracks, man. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Especially in the high intensity situation that this would be. I just think that's our first act of Jason Solo is him failing to live up to that standard he set when he flow walked back to watch Darth Vader kill all the kids. Yeah. Kill all the young Cause he was sad sure. about his wife. So he said, that's not going to be me. And then our, the whole first act is him trying to convince himself. He's not going to fail. And then he fails. Yeah. Hard. And then, so our next two trilogies are going to be what happens when he fails to realize that he has failed. To yeah. walk that straight line. That's what that's what we have to look at looking forward, I think. And I and just before this 
Jason recap. I was thinking about our criticism of the book. Mm-hmm. Our only criticism was it's written like a book. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, that's tough. I we just we how like, dare you, Troy? Yeah, we like how Star Wars. How dare you make me look forward to the end of this book? <laughs> we, we like Star Wars too much for, for and and these books to find any real crit other than the Jedi Jason. Well, and that's just you know, it is what it is. That's be like if I started calling you Justin. But so I okay, so ever since I heavily criticized that, yeah, and then had some brief chit chat with author Troy Denning on the Twitter, I was like, oh man, he's gonna hear me chirp the shit out of Yeti Jason. And then in my head, I was like, well, what if it's for a reason? Okay. Let's assume, I tell my kids this all the time, because Seth, my oldest, argues with me about everything, as if I'm not fucking right about everything all my life. Anyways. As he would. The point being, what I was telling him was like, hey, maybe instead of thinking your first thought being, that's wrong, here's why, maybe your first thought should be, and I've been trying to do this myself, obviously, as a freaking grown man, maybe the first thought should be like, okay, why is it right that I'm not seeing that it's not right? What am I missing that's yeah. m- that makes it right? And then I was thinking about it. I was like, what if she doesn't actually just have that speech impediment? What if she's putting on a show for the noble that was there and all the other people around and she's acting extra super baby or something? Yeah. You know, like it's just a, it's a consideration that like, I don't know, maybe that is the motivation behind yet. I Jason, yeah, may- I can still hate it. Yeah, I do. But like maybe there is, you know, like as just a as just a thought experiment lesson, maybe there are unseen motivations behind the things that you don't like that yeah. make them make sense. And and she's a little girl. Maybe she's just trying to be super cute. Exactly. Yeah. In the annoying kid way where yeah. they're like trying too hard and you're like, you're already cute. Yeah. <laughs> just take it easy. Yeah. They already okay. like you. So I don't know. Right. I'm like, mm, that was like, yeah. That hurt. That but, hurt when I read that. <laughs> we don't have to like it, but we can understand it. But All at right. the same time, maybe there is a motivation. Maybe there's a reason why it's not wrong. Yes. As I try to explain to my eight-year-old last night. Yeah. Always learning. We're always learning around here. But Jason is not. No. In fact, he has failed to learn the vital lesson of all of this build-up to this massive event, which is, no, you will not make the sacrifice for the greater good. Yeah, you won't make any sacrifice. You'll make the ones that you can live with. You'll make a lot of them. Yeah, you know what? You nailed it right there. You'll you'll make the ones that you can live with. Yeah. You wouldn't even force lightning a bounty hunter in front of your kid to save her. To save your own kid. You wouldn't do a bad thing to save your own kid. Well, he is saving her in a way, like it's, saving her innocence. Certainly. Kind of. But is he though? Because, like, the repercussions of your actions are, like, long-reaching and beyond time. Let's, you can't see this shit, right? Yeah. Other than... Not yet, anyways. Other than, you know, if you've read this series in the next. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a lot of that to look forward to, like we were talking about a moment ago, is Jason bailing to live up to that standard that would have been the defining difference between yeah. a Darth Jason and a Darth Vader. You know, yeah, he's he's failing to see that when he stops and thinks, that's when he shines. Right. Instead, he's using his emotions for good. Well, and he's not a good. He's not Jaina. 
He's no Sword of the Jedi. No. But he is our special hero. Yes, he is. And now, let's look forward to book four, Legacy of the Force, Exile. First, I want to do what we did last time. Let's discuss the title. Exile. You look at the cover, Han and Leia, solo, on the front of the book. Yep. Seemingly in exile as they ran away from this government at the end of this book. Yeah, they zip-zapped off into nowhere town. That would be the obvious explanation. Yep. What would be a less obvious explanation? Who is going to have to go into some kind of exile? Is Jason going to have to go into an exile from the Jedi Order? Because, I don't know, like Luke and Mara are hot on his tail? Are... I don't know. Like, or is is Jaina gonna have to go in an exile because she's been kicked out of the government and she's gonna do now something that's gonna piss off the Jedi too? Like, or like Jason in a metaphorical exile where he can trust only himself, kind of deal, which he's already been in the whole time. Yeah, like or but he finally realizes it. He's, yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, think, I think as with most ahead. things, the most obvious is normally oh, sure. right. It's it it's. It's definitely a right answer, <laughs> but you know, like as, said, as we are, there could be more answers. And then Han and Leia in the action pose with the blaster and the lightsaber on the front. I don't know. It looks like they're standing in front of like the viewport of the Falcon or something, or they're in front of like a yeah. giant industrial fan. I don't yeah. Know. Or like, yeah, it's weird. They're, uh, I don't know. There's cables running down the wall or something. Either way, they're in like a closed confined space. It, it looks it, like they're hiding. Yeah. Getting ready to fight. She should probably turn her lightsaber off if they're hiding. Hopefully, she decided to turn it on, though. Yeah. Hopefully, somebody else didn't tell her to turn it on. And she was like, well, I don't have any better ideas <laughs> how to solve this problem. So but I'll, I'll make this choice said. myself. I will turn it on and I'll make that choice. And with this book, <laughs> we come back around to Aaron Alston, our author from Betrayal. And that means location headings yes and that means more wedge antilles yeah guaranteed and that means lots more details about ships so get ready for all that you nerds another thing that's going to happen is the a lot of like action uh, or um maybe not action but seemingly to have action because everything's quick paced. I think everything's been pretty freaking action packed so far, really. But, but. but with his style of writing. Ah, uh, yes, that yeah. is how he rolls. Yeah. With the vignettes. Yeah. With the short, you get short scenes, you get a few paragraphs, and we cut to Star Wars yeah. side wipe to the next scene. That's right. It's very, it's very much in theme. I remember our first podcast. Yeah. And cut two. <laughs> exactly. That's coming back, man. It's coming back because now we got location headings, we got vignettes. Love but it. let's cut to the back of this book. Oh, let's. Released in February 2007, after a May, August, November 2006 release of the first three books. Don't wait long. Here comes in November. In the Star Wars galaxy, evil is on the move. As the Galactic Alliance and Jedi Order battle forces seen and unseen. From rampant internal treachery to the nightmare of all-out war. With each victory against the Karelian rebels, Jason Solo 
becomes more admired, more powerful, and more certain of achieving galactic peace. But that peace may come with a price. Despite strained relationships caused by opposing sympathies in the war, Han and Leia Solo and Luke and Mara Skywalker remain united by one frightening suspicion. Someone insidious is manipulating this war, and if he or she isn't stopped, all efforts at reconciliation may be for naught. And as sinister visions lead Luke to believe that the source of evil is none other than Lumaya, Dark Lady of the Sith, the greatest peril revolves around Jason himself. Quick thing. Hmm. Since when are Han and Leia and Luke and Mara united in these previous three books to remain united in this book? Uh, yes. Um, I'll tell you. They had a spice loaf dinner in the first handful of chapters of book one. Haven't seen each other since. Have they? Uh, United. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that you're not even sure means what are we talking about here? Yeah. I don't know. Weird phrasing. But that's when you're trying to be vague on the back of the book. Me nitpicking again. But <clears throat> this is a hell of a description of what we have coming forward here. Yeah. More victories for Jason. It sounds like we're going to have Han and Leia and Luke and Mara team up episode. And almost like centralized on the in this book. There are literally six people mentioned on the back of the book out of our main cast of like 10 or 12. Yep. Han, Leia, Luke, Mara, Jason, and Lumaya. That's it. And that's who the books do revolve around. I, I think Jason's going to be the most involved because he's mentioned on the back twice. You know what? That is... that. Ooh, so is Luke. Ooh. Ooh, I think... I think we cracked it, Tim. <laughs> yeah. This book series is going to revolve around Jason and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Jason Solo and Luke Skywalker. It's going to revolve around the Solos and the Skywalkers. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. It sounds like we've got a team up coming. And I think it'll feature Jason... As well. Join us next week when we crack open the cover on Legacy of the Force Book 4 Exile and we cover chapters 1 to 4. Excited. Buckle up. But for now, I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And we will catch you on the flippity flip. Bye. See ya. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.